Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker of the BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. He's also the co-host of this show. I, I mean, I, we, we, we call him the odds maker, but he's on the show at least as much as I am. And I, you know, if we're going to compare the words, he talks more than I do. I just see him up. Uh, but Patrick Morrow is here. We are, this is the week between Christmas and New Year's. So it's the big college football playoff week. There's also a bunch of bowl games. You can go to the Bavada website and see all those. Um, but no, I'm not talking about the Sun Bowl, the this bowl, <laughs> the Sarsaparilla Bowl, what it, all of them. They have been uh, weird and weird and weird, and I'm not compelled to watch them. But I am compelled to watch Friday night, uh, the two big ones, uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan, Georgia. Uh, how are you, Patrick? Uh, Seth, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm uh, I've, I've retired anything with a belt, anything with buttons. It's track pants till New Year's at this point. I've been eating <laughs> far too good over the holiday season, and I have no regrets. Uh, diet starts January second, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for these college football. I'm even excited for these the Sun Bowls, the Mayo Bowl. Why not? I, I've got nothing to do now until February. Uh, we are locked inside in Canada again. COVID's not done, but that's okay. Thank goodness for sports. Yeah, and sports, you know, you, you know, we have so much going on in football right now. I think we should kind of focus it on that. But the NHL is in a whole lot of who oh, knows. Um, the uh, college basketball is in a whole lot of who knows. Um, they're going to finish, but how they're going to finish, I don't know. And if they can't play 80 games, I just wonder, like, I just wonder, do, do, do you lose the, uh, do you compromise your schedule? You remember in yeah. 2020, they didn't have that, you know, everybody didn't play the same amount of games and uh, you didn't have the same amount of opponents and, and things like that. And, you know, if you have a schedule where a lot of the games that you've had canceled, if they can't be made up, I, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. And with Canada, you know, restricting fans and, you know, Montreal is trying to, I said, we weren't going to talk about it. The Montreal is trying to uh, delay those games uh, saying, yes. let's play when we can have our, our full uh, things. That's purely money. That's a, that's a money grab. And that's going to make the, that's going to compromise road trips. And you're going to have teams that are in the midst of road trips that are going all over the place to go up to Canada to make up these games. I, the whole thing seems like a mishmash. Yeah, you know what, and it's it's so tough, and you you just you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, you know, having so many teams in Canada really complicates this. It's not like uh, with the NBA where you just have the Raptors, and you know what, we'll just plug them down in Florida for the rest of the season, and that kind of worked. That worked. You know, sucks. I know. Is that is that being talked about? It's it's being discussed, but I mean, uh, you know, so it's still something that the NBA has latitude to do uh, with a team like Toronto. I think Toronto, the Raptors, anyways, have shown themselves to be a willing partner. In that just because they're one out of 30 teams, you know, they have to be the one that's more willing to budge. But with so many teams being played, so many teams playing in Canada and Canada, you know, being, uh, you know, one of the larger fan bases of the NHL consumes the product, uh, you know, more broadly, not just across their home base. Uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I really don't know how the NHL solves this aside from maybe revisiting the idea of a bubble or if the Canadian government, uh, you know, starts to. Uh, you know, mirror what the U.S. government has done with the updated uh, CDC guidelines and maybe, maybe, uh, you know, let Omicron do its thing. That's not an endorsement. Yeah, but, but I have no medical thing. background They're not going whatsoever. to a bubble. They're not going to a bubble because most people are vaccinated. 
exactly. In the NHL. And- Most people are vaccinated and boosted, and this is not the deadly virus that you know yes people are sick and dying but most of those people are unvaccinated and Mm -hmm. if you're unvaccinated in sports or in life if you're unvaccinated still after all of this what the hell's the matter with you (laughs) i don't know they've got maybe they've got that natural immunity i keep hearing about but uh, i wish them all the best but i'm still smarting up here in canada seth because our big holiday tradition i don't know how much traction it gets in the u.s but the world juniors they just canceled. They were taking yeah, place yeah. in Alberta. They yep. start on uh, Boxing Day. And that's what that's one of my favorite Canadian holiday traditions is, you know, Christmas is family and Boxing Day. You get up early and you watch Canada. And, you know, those first couple of games, they're playing like in Austria. They're playing in Slovenia. Yeah, they're yeah, easing yeah, into yeah. it. It's a big yeah, win. They, they but then the we play tournament. Russia. Then we play Sweden. Then we play the Americans. And it is it's huge. So for us to uh, have that tournament uh, and, you know, th- there was a COVID outbreak. Of course, there was USA had to forfeit a game. Russia had to forfeit a game. Uh, you know, at this point, it was, you know, making the tournament not so competitive anymore. I, I get it, but it- it- it's tough. That's one of the few things that I hold on from my childhood that I still enjoy purely as a fan and not, uh, you know, I'm not looking for an angle as to how many goals I think Canada's going to win by or who's going to score first. But uh yeah, it, that, that's a tough one uh, for fans in Canada. And you know what? American hockey has been so much on the up and up in the last five, 10 years that I'd like to think it's a little bit disappointing for fans uh, on your side of the border as well. Well, it just, you know, at first it, it was it was the Team USA. They, they had their first game to Sweden uh, mm-hmm. uh, canceled and uh, people thought it was uh, the return of Martin Gerber. <laughs> okay. And it was like, it was like, like, like they were, they were making up box scores and things like that. Like it was, they were trying to make light of it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the whole tournament got wiped. And they, that, that stinks for a lot of, a lot, a lot of folks. Cause I know a lot of gambling gets done about it. Yeah. And, and people that aren't familiar with the tournament, but do you like the NHL? Those are all kids or a good chunk of them. Those are, that's the top Canadian kids at age 18, the top Americans at age 18 or under. Those are kids that are going to be playing in the NHL one day. So for me, it's a really, if you like watching college football or college basketball to see tomorrow's pros, really the world junior tournament is the best display of the kids who are going to be playing in the NHL one day. So another reason, if you're just a pure hockey fan, that uh, losing that is tough. But, uh, you know, I really thought out of all of our provinces in Canada, Alberta is our most conservative one. Take that for what you will. So they were more determined, I would have thought, to pull it off, but they just couldn't get it going with Omicron, unfortunately. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy time. It really is. It's a it's not the same, but it's still messed up. The whole thing Absolutely. Is, is messed up. I'm so sick of COVID. I, I can't even tell you. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Friday, they are come hell or high water. Um, they are going to be playing two massive, massive uh, college football games. Uh, this is the college football playoff. Compare it to years past. What's the uh, number of bets? Uh, are people betting on this as much as others, other, other years past? How big is this matchups, uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan, Georgia? And then we'll get into each game. Sure. Well, I, you know, right out of the gate, uh, we're already seeing more money on some of these bowl games uh, that we have in years past. Uh, I mean, last year is an easy comparison year over year because, well, we just we didn't have as many bowl games, even with all the cancellations that have taken place so far with a lot of lesser bowls, your Sarsaparilla bowls, uh, your Mayo Bowl. Mayo Bowl still standing. Do you think somebody Um, goes to the Bovada website and looks for the Sarsaparilla Bowl? 
<laughs> no, but I, I I had to do a double take last week. There's actually a Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, that's, that's actually a thing. Terrible. And I was just like, did Seth just, you know, mispronounce what actually no. was this? So No, that was a complete made up thing. So I, I think given an, enough time and words in the English language, eventually everything will have been a bowl at some point uh, before the end of our lives, Seth. Uh, you know, perhaps uh, Bavada at Odds podcast bowl is, you know, in our near future. But uh, we we'll, talk to the, we'll talk to the people in marketing imagine? and make it happen. Oh yeah. That would be uh, so where, 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 where should we have that game? Should that be a Barbados one or where would we pick a someplace inside warm, of the, right. Someplace. Okay. Warm. Okay. We can make to that go to with all the restrictions. Absolutely. Okay. We'll make that happen. Well, <laughs> you know, when we're looking to renew next year, we'll make that uh, part of the package. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been an interesting bowl season. Again, we, we have had to deal with, uh, you know, some cancellations in these games, but, uh, uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, looking at the press conferences, it's, it seemed, I, I mean, I was going to say this, it seems like the teams are doing everything they can to try and be there and be safe and everyone tests negative for the big game. But we've seen people do all the precautions that they think they can do. And really outside of locking yourself inside, uh, it's it's really, really difficult to avoid this variant of the virus. But we are fingers crossed at Bavada that these games will go off without issue. Uh, looking at the current updated odds, Seth, we have seen Alabama drop down from 14 to 13 and a half at Bavada. So, you know, just a half point move, but it is coming off a key number like that. And we are still seeing pretty split action on the game. Uh, more money on Cincinnati money line, more money on Alabama point spread at the minus 13 and a half number. So, which is kind of what we tend to see in big games like this. Folks kind of think, well, if I like the dog, I might as well just take him out, right? You know, what fun is it to, uh, you know, just taking a team not to lose by 13 and a half points. And that kind of recreational mindset is more prevalent in larger games like this. Uh, looking at the over-under for this one, currently sitting at 57 and a half. That has dropped down a little bit from 59. As you would expect, uh, we're seeing about 70% of all bets on the under at that one at Bavada. So that, that's how the first semifinals looking. Uh, if we look ahead to Georgia, Michigan at 730, the last game of 2021, uh, Georgia is still sitting at seven and a half right now at Bavada and Michigan is getting, uh, about 70% of all bets on point spread and the money line. Uh, Michigan really came out of nowhere this year, Seth. They were an average team doing an average thing and their conference just kind of broke for them. Uh, you know, a coach like Harbaugh was very much on the hot seat, had not won a big game at Michigan and all of a sudden out of nowhere finds himself in the college football playoffs. So, uh, you know, good news for you if you're a Michigan fan, good news for you if you're, you know, someone uh, tied to the success of Harbaugh there. But uh, I, I think Georgia bounces back uh, big in that one. Over-under, Seth, only sitting at 45 and a half, uh, the lowest total of all remaining bowl games left. But uh, yeah, so it should be a tight one. I think that Georgia defense has a bit of a, a comeback after that SEC championship game. But who knows, perhaps Michigan continues to surprise. All right, let's go to the NFL. And before we get to week 17, don't forget there's a week 18. So we get to do this all again next week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, has addressed his future, saying it's very much up in the air. He's going to talk to the Packers. He's not even sure he wants to continue. There has to be massive speculation about this. It's been building all year. And now that he's passed the, you know, did he lie about being vaccinated? Hold nonsense. Um, what do you make of Aaron Rodgers and how big is the action on uh, the potential two-time MVP? Yeah, it's certainly an interesting character this year. He went from being, you know, absolutely villainized for, uh, I, I guess the word he used, he said he was immunized, right? I, I don't know exactly what. Uh... Let's not even get it. Yeah, I mean, 
but the but the people I blame are the media. The media didn't ask. Like when he said it, they just went, okay, Aaron, and let's let's just move on. And you know, we 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 kill the media so much for uh for so many things. Here's an opportunity. The media could have done a better job. Push him mm-hmm. on it. He he's look. I've interviewed famous athletes. They're not uh, gods among men. They're just people. They right. put their pants on the same way we do. Just <laughs> just talk to them. I I, I can't. I don't know. I like to think there's like a Steve Austin version where they actually have someone put their pants on for him and it's, uh, you know, a whole to do. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess it's tough. I, I think prior to this and I don't, I don't know what people thought about Aaron Rodgers prior to uh, his uh, self immunization. But I, I, I think he was just a generally viewed positive guy in the league. And that's maybe why he was able to get away with it to the extent that he did. And, and listen, Seth, uh, really more to the point, I can, you know, wax whimsically about him, but he produces and I, I think, uh, you know, life, especially in a capitalistic society, shows that, uh, hey, listen, if you produce, uh, you know, we can look over everything else that you're doing, especially when you step that total line. And when you are the odds on MVP favorite that Aaron Rodgers now is at Bavada, currently sitting at minus 200. Uh, yeah, you know what? If he was if he pulled that stunt with his immunization and everything else, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, listen, if that team is below 500 and he's got a crap year, he's getting a lot more uh, grief than he's getting now. He's probably uh, not starting if he's a marginal replacement level player, but he's a star. He's he's leading his team. Uh, the Packers are great this year, and unfortunately, we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that with more serious situations in sports. Right, stuff gets whitewashed pretty quickly if you're able to show that you were able to perform at that kind of level. And I, I think I, I, I'm not going to try and, you know, weigh it up against other things that other NFL or NBA or NHL players have done and gotten away with. But at the end of the day, uh, your success matters more than, you know, you doing the so-called right thing or not. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing take place here. Again, Aaron Rodgers, your minus 200 MVP. But interestingly, only a, a pick em to return to the Packers next year. We have that up on the site right now as well. So we do think that uh, we don't think Aaron Rodgers is done in the league, but we think it's pretty questionable that he actually returns to the Packers next season. Well, that's the question uh, on whether that, that, that actually comes to fruition. All right. Uh, let's take a look at week 16. Uh, nope. All right. Let's take a look at week 17 in the NFL and a gem of a matchup, a potential playoff preview the Dallas Cowboys hosting your Arizona Cardinals. My Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Gosh, that's that's tricky because I I mean I I've been I've been wrong about the Arizona Cardinals all year. So all they can be my Arizona Cardinals from that point of view, and that I've had to own that. But uh, yeah, very interesting matchup. Uh, you know, Arizona, my goodness, they were they were running away with the NFC early in the year, and uh they've just had loss after loss. Uh it's not looking great. Uh, Cliff is finally looking like the coach I was savaging him as all season. So, you know, maybe I can take something from that. Uh, the Cow- Cow- Cowboys in this one, Seth, currently five and a half point favorites at Bavada. Uh, if we were looking to line this game uh, as early as two, three weeks ago, Cowboys would be lucky to be three, maybe minus two and a half. Uh, our opinion, our ratings of the Cardinals have just completely tanked in that time. So perhaps small sample size, perhaps we're overreacting, but uh, players certainly seem to think the line is fair as about 65% of all bets are on the Cowboys at minus five and a half in that spot. All right, some other key matchups, including the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they're in the playoff mix, taking on those Indianapolis Colts. 
Yeah, super interesting one there, Seth. Uh, we got the news early in the week that uh, Carson Wentz was uh, added to the COVID protocol. And uh, because he is unvaccinated, he is someone that uh, would, uh, and we have to stress would, would have had to absolutely miss this game. But because the NFL has changed their guidance in uh, to align with the updated CDC guidance that says vaccinated or unvaccinated, you only need five days uh, of isolation after a positive test. So now he's potentially playing. So we've seen this line, Seth, jump up and down from minus eight to minus six. Uh, back up to minus seven and a half. Uh, it's currently sitting there right now at Bavada. But uh, I, I got to tell you, as soon as we get that word, that update, uh, it'll probably be a tweet because everything is breaking by tweet these days. But, uh, you know, that line can move quick. So I would say if you're anticipating that Wentz will or will not be playing, you can kind of take a shot now because that line of seven and a half will move in one or one direction either way, depending on that information. Over under currently sitting 44 and a half. Uh, in that same vein, if Wentz is playing, that number is going up. So, uh, you know, if you want to try and beat us, if you want to try and have the Adam Schefter tweet notification sent to your phone, uh, we'll be doing the exact same things. But, yeah, that's the line right now at Bavada, but uh, it'll definitely be on the move once we have confirmation as to who's under center for the Colts. Well, that's the trick. I mean, it, it literally, it's all happening in real time. So that's why I wanted to make sure we brought it up uh, this week on the podcast. Uh, also, Another key game, the L.A. Rams taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Seth, another interesting matchup that if we were to line this uh, three, four weeks ago, we'd probably have the Ravens as ever so slight home favorites in this one, but they have been struggling of late. And the Rams have been the team that uh, on paper we always thought they were this season. And they're now a team that has come all the way back to take the lead in the NFC West. The Rams currently three and a half point road favorites in this one, Seth, and it is one of the larger positions of the week at Bavada, as about 80% of all money is on the Rams on this one. Uh, Over-under currently sitting at 46.5 right now. There was that weird quirk in the NFL. Did you see um, the Raiders were playing the Broncos? Mm-hmm. And if the Raiders won, Dallas clinched a playoff spot, even though they're in different conferences because of strength of schedule. I thought that was wild. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I was watching uh, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> actually, I had built a makeshift traveling command center out of my in-laws place uh, that Sunday because it's the holidays, but uh, the work never stops. And I, I saw them note that because of the result of that Broncos Raiders game, uh, the Cowboys have now clinched a playoff spot. And I thought, well, I, I, I wish I'd actually dove into it to figure out as to why that is the case. But uh yeah, that, that was a bit bizarre, but congratulations to the Cowboys. Uh, you know, they are looking great on both sides of the ball this year, but yeah, I, I still haven't sorted out why two AFC teams playing a game uh, impacted the Cowboys, but uh, I guess it would have to do with someone's strength of schedule who played one of those teams below them and either won or didn't won. Uh, it has to be like some fifth or sixth level uh, tiebreaker that's come into play that because uh, I, I mean, otherwise, yeah, they're 11 and four, they're in. You know, they 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 would have been two games up no matter what. So that, that must have been it. It must have been like a fifth or sixth tiebreaker situation. But uh, yeah, congrats to the Cowboys this year. Uh, you know, definitely the best team in the NFC East, uh, looking good on both sides of the ball, and definitely one of our bigger threats at Bavada to uh, compete in the Super Bowl this year. They're ten to one on the f- current futures odds. You know, we started the podcast with uh, hockey talk. You know, the big yep. thing is New Year's Day, the the Winter Classic. The yeah. record uh, could be a record cult uh, for the Winter Classic. Um, this is one of my favorite events. Lake Tahoe was cool. I hated that they couldn't play it, and then it was delayed because of sun and all these yes. weird things. 
Uh, that was that was weird. But I love these outdoor games, whether they're in the United States, Canada. I don't care where they are. Uh, the Winter Classic, the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. What's your thought on that one? If they're talking record cold, Seth, uh, then I'm I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I, I still remember one of the first uh, and it might not have been called the Winter Classic. It might have been called the Heritage Classic. Yeah. But it was it was the Oilers and it was uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And they were playing with toques on. They were playing with gloves inside of their gloves. And uh, listen, I know that's not uh, comfortable for the players, but growing up in Canada, playing pond hockey in, you know, late January, early February, that's how I remember outdoor hockey. It wasn't, wasn't, you know, like the games in Pittsburgh where we have to worry about melting ice and the Lake Tahoe situation. It's cold out there. It's if your feet get wet, you will get frostbite inside of 10, 15 minutes. So for the purest outdoor pond hockey fan, and this is why I've always been so happy that a team like uh, Minnesota was able to get a team back after they lost uh, the North Stars to Dallas because Minnesota is a great, a really, really great U.S. hockey market. So uh, I, I would just say I, I hope it's a great game. I hope the pucks uh, don't feel that extra painful because getting hit with a puck in minus 20 or 30 degrees or whatever the Fahrenheit equivalent is, uh, my Canadian Celsius temperature standing is coming out. But uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it, it's great that it's going to be as cold as it is. I hope it's a good game. I hope the ice is in good conditions. I hope the fans stay warm. But to me, yeah, those, those pure, really cold, snowy games, uh, you know, I, I would say it. I'm biased because I'm a Leafs fan. But the next best one that I've seen uh, was the Toronto-Detroit game at uh, Ann Arbor. And I think it snowed that day as well. 5,000 people saw that game. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And, that, and, and it was beautiful. And I remember watching it with my dad. And it was a very... Uh, perfect Canadian hockey moment, but really a perfect North American hockey moment, you know, Toronto, Detroit, two original six teams. So I love these winter classics and I love when, you know, Lake Tahoe was a beautiful idea, but this, this is winter hockey as winter hockey is supposed to be. So I'm actually very excited for this on New Year's day and I will definitely be tuning in. Uh, I have, I've been to two outdoor games. I went to the 2012 winter classic. There's just a funny story about that one. Uh, The flyers played the Rangers Mm-hmm. Um, at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. I had just finished a year working with the Phillies. And I, so I, I was invited to the game and I went and I, it was a blast. You know, the late, great Roy Halladay uh, threw out a mm-hmm. first pitch, if you remember. And it was just a, a really cool moment in the ballpark. It looked great. But I hate both those teams with a fiery passion. <laughs> and I'm standing in the suite and someone comes up to me and says, so who do you like in this game? You know, cause they knew I wasn't from Philadelphia. That was the mm. big thing when I worked for the Phillies. And I said, root for, I said, I'm rooting for three broken ankles and a scoreless tie. There we go. <laughs> there we go. My answer to that is usually roof collapse, but uh, I think <laughs> yep. that ta- I think that, I think that takes out fans as well. So I think well, you're cause probably, in hockey, uh... you hate teams as much as you like teams, you know, like Absolutely. I hate my rivals as much. The other uh, one was at Yankee Stadium in New York. It wasn't a winter classic. It was part of their stadium series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the Martin Brodeur couldn't see. And he yes. had a really rough go of it. And the Rangers beat the Devils 7-3. And I just remember, like, all the air out of the balloon. You know what I mean? Like, there was so much hype. And that game was over fast. And I was just like, I remember walking around the stadium and taking pictures from all the different angles and stuff like that. It was cool. And it was cool to be there. But um, 
again, losing to the Rangers. I don't care what park it is. <laughs> just stinks. I'm still curious as to why uh, Holiday threw out a first pitch at a hockey game. I know. That's... They, well, they did it, I think, because... Like, I, I get it. It was at a baseball park. That's... Yeah, it's at a baseball <laughs> park, and they did a joke. You know, they did a, a bit, and they, they brought him out. Jimmy Rollins was also there. I, I just remember they really tried to hype it up and then they had all these you know flyer greats bobby clark was there and um it was just just uh it was really really cool uh what it was and like i said you know i think what they do and i think this year they are going to hype up the blues in the wild don't forget that was supposed to be last year and Mm -hmm. it got postponed and you know these these two teams um you know rich in tradition uh, both franchises, the Blues, you know, recent cup winners. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have any issue with either one of these franchises. I just want to see a cool game. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think if they had Holiday throw out a first pitch, though, they should have had Allen Iverson on skates dunk a basketball. <laughs> um, this year, uh, Tampa Bay will play Nashville in uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville on February 26th. Uh, and then in uh, Hamilton, at uh, Tim Hortons Field, the Maple Leafs will play the Buffalo Sabers. Hamilton is one of the two, one of those cities that close enough to Toronto where they kind of lean into them for, uh, you know, other sports. Uh, CFL, absolutely, but they've been Sabers kind of are, in, are giving up the home game. Sabers are giving up the home game. I mean, uh, Hamilton's pretty right in the middle uh, for that, um, but we, we know how Toronto fans are. Uh, you know, if Toronto is playing in Buffalo, that arena will be majority Toronto fans. So. Uh, you know, they can give it. Listen, I know it actually is meaningful for line changes and stuff like that. But uh, we, we do know who the majority of fans are going to be at that no, game. No, that, but... that, I never, yeah, I was I wasn't mm-hmm. suggesting otherwise. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, listen, I, 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 I love the outdoor games. I, I think they're a spectacle. I think they're also a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I talked about how nostalgic they are as a Canadian kid growing up. Um, you know, it's. It's interesting that they're doing it in Hamilton because Hamilton uh, does cause the city of Toronto a little bit of grief when it comes to the NHL because they're one of those uh, regional uh, cities. They could absolutely support another team in that Hamilton market, and they've tried to. And, you know, Jim Balsilli kind of kicked the tires on Hamilton, Kitchener. This is a million years ago, the former CEO of uh, BlackBerry, which was based in Canada. But, boy, the Toronto Blue, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto Maple Leafs are just so darn protective about protecting their market and everything that they absolutely get because they print money like no NHL team does. But man, that Toronto area and Hamilton absolutely could definitely support another NHL team. So it'd be interesting to see if there's any kind of media kicking the tires on that after that game, because, you know, Southwest Ontario, we could probably do three uh, NHL teams if we're being honest, but the Leafs protectionism, which don't get me wrong, it's good business on their end, has definitely forced a lot of fans into being supporters of the most expensive team in the NHL to be a supporter of. I, I just think those those games are fun and they those are. games. They are super fun. It's one of the smartest thing that the NHL ever did. And to be honest with you, the all-star game is useless. This is the game you get excited about. This is always the thing. I love that it's a regular season. I, I love all aspects of it. And I'm rooting for a big one. And I'm glad I'm going to be watching it in a heated house. That's Seth, I'm 35 years old, and I still bring my stick, my skates, my bag of pucks down to the local outdoor rink and shoot pucks with my toque on. And that's what I think about when I see these games being played outside. Like, yeah, I know it's hyped up. The production values are a lot better than me and my smartphone updating my latest slap shot to Instagram. I'm doing yeah. my best. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a late life Gordon Bombay over here, but uh, 
that's what I think about when I, you know, go down there. It's that's that's hockey to me. So yeah, I, I love these games too. I can't wait. Well, it's it's cool. I'm glad we brought it up here on the podcast. That'll do it for this edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. We will next come to you in 2022. For Patrick Morrow, I'm Seth Everett. We'll see you then. Take care, folks. Thank you.